Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of the Persephone program. And today I wanted to talk a little bit about the astrology of love and desire because it has been such a total meat grinder intense kind of like past month since I have recorded last and I thought you know what we need some juiciness we need some lightness and I was talking with a few friends today about um the goddess and the divine feminine and you know the embodiment of that and how so much of that is kind of expressed in love and sensuality so I thought you know what let's talk about that let's talk about love and desire in astrology and this is a huge topic so I could make probably six different episodes on that But this time, or today, I'm going to go ahead and do something kind of simple. So we'll kind of go over some of the main points for you to look at as you're studying astrology and sort of hone in first in your chart and then in the chart of your partners, lovers, friends, family, what have you. Um, So again, presupposing that you have some kind of understanding of the archetypes of the 12 signs of the zodiac in general so remembering that you may have the (laughs) you need to presuppose that with me because i haven't i haven't really done an episode on you know on like intro to astrology and i keep thinking about oh i should do that and i'm going to i promise but not yet so today i i just want to talk about love and your chart I've done a few workshops on this. Um, I had a Venus workshop with my friend um, Jacqueline Zeidman, and we used ritual, plant spirit medicine, and other things to kind of like amp up your um, astrological Venus in your chart. So I'll talk a little bit about that today, as well as some of the love asteroids, and in general, just an overview of how you can interpret um, some of the ideas of love getting your needs met in a chart. So this is kind of near and dear to my heart because one of the first things that I think that I really started to use astrology for was basically to check out the charts of potential lovers, boyfriends, things like that. So most people do that, right? You know, you're you're looking up your own chart placements and then you're looking up other ones. Are they compatible with me? Well, just in general, let's talk about you and your own open openness or receptivity to love, okay, in your chart. So in astrology, Venus and the moon kind of represent two aspects of, I would say, kind of the divine feminine based on relational needs, okay? The moon is kind of like the aspect of the goddess or the feminine, if you want to say. We all have them, male and female. So the moon is the aspect of the goddess in her divine nurture and creates, you know, 
relationships based on need, which can often be for survival. So in your own chart, when you look at the moon by sign, house placement and aspects, we're looking on, we're looking at like sort of almost primal instinctual needs. So obviously those are very important to look at when you're talking about getting your needs met in a relationship, but it isn't attraction really. It is a very sort of, you know, um, intuitive, empathic connection. Um, but Venus in the chart is kind of almost like sacred desire. It's what turns you on. It's what you really are attracted to in general and kind of how you attract to. So Venus is more about desire than survival um, because kind of the purpose of this archetypal energy is attracting, you know, sensual experience that satisfy the elements of the need to create relationships. So Venus is all about relating. The amazing astrologer, one of like my heroines, uh, Dana Gerhardt, has this beautiful quote. She's an incredible writer and very intu intuitional as an astrologer. And I love that about her because I think that that is really the secret, the secret spice that makes a great astrologer is being able to tap in after you learn the basics into the intuition of it all. And so she wrote, as the ancient fertility goddess, Venus was both loved and feared. She brought forth Earth's bounty, but could rain down chaos and destruction too. This is her essential teaching on receptivity and happiness, that all states are impermanent. Like the goddess, the part of you capable of pleasure is also vulnerable to pain. The part of you that can beautify and harmonize will also erupt in rage. Your openness can attract others, but it can also push them away. If you want desire without jealousy, if you want bliss without breaking your heart, if you want creativity without any fallow periods, your experience of Venus will be diluted. You might even wonder if she's present at all. Reject or suppress her more difficult manifestations and the joyful ones likewise dim. Profound happiness requires the willingness to accept her in all her states as when a woman wants a man to acknowledge her, not just in the bedroom, but when she's screaming with rage. Venus is truly a force of nature, both beautiful and terrible. The ones who understand this, who learn to dance with all of her moods, become the priests and priestesses of her temple. So really, Venus is the planet of happiness, okay? So where you see Venus appear in your chart, this means that you already have this happiness within your possession. All you kind of need to do is kind of connect with your inner Venus. And to connect with her, you must go to the place within her where she resides. And essentially, this is your receptivity. So Venus in your astrological chart, again, unlike the moon, describes how you express and receive pleasure, mutuality, and relatedness. This is where you experience a need for harmony, beauty, balance, and grace. And it can tell you kind of what your taste is and how social or perhaps unsocial. It gives clues to anyone's needs in close personal relationships and by sign position, element, and mode, your attitude towards all within its domain, including what's fun for you and how you can feel towards this. 
And in traditional astrology, Venus has always been associated with beauty, with pleasing others, and with also money. And a healthy Venus in either sex, male or female, indicates our levels of charm and magnetism, which have always kind of like been connected to getting your way. So Venus and where you find it by aspect, house, position, and sign is your charm style. So the concept of how you charm or glamour, how you create this within yourself, um, you know, it's kind of attributed to women, but this is also present in men. And the idea of connecting like deeply to the need for beauty and harmony within and without is something that we can all work on. Um, so think about where your Venus is by sign. Um, take into account the element. Uh, is it earth, which is physical, very sensual, water, which is emotional, the need to connect and empathy empathic or compassionate connection? Is it fire, inspirational, air, intellectual? Does Venus want to take action like in the cardinal signs of Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn? Does Venus want to create depth and intimacy like Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, or Aquarius? Or does Venus want to blend harmoniously like Gemini, like, um, Virgo, Sagittarius, um, you know, think about your personal Venus style and think about that of the other. This will tell you what it is that you need and how you like to relate. Now, Venus and the moon are very important. The moon is the ability, obviously, to intuitively connect with another person to fulfill needs. So when you're looking at relationships and desire, often a personal planet in one partner's chart connected to the moon in another represents an actual embodiment of someone's need. For instance, say you have a moon in Cancer and your partner or another person that you're interested in has a sun in cancer. That moon-sun connection is need fulfillment. And the moon person can also sort of shine a light or reflect the sun's person's like ego identification. You know, you can sort of support the sun's person's individuality and personality with just reflecting them. And the sun person can essentially... Um, really fulfill the needs of the moon person. And when it comes to Venus, it's very similar too. So if you've got a Venus, say, in Cancer, and someone else has a sun in Cancer, there's a real compatibility element there. But, um, and the same thing with the moon. So there's mutual um, compatibility, obviously, by conjunction. Also, if it's an easy um, aspect by trine or sextile, makes it simple. It's easy. You're friends. Hard aspects like squares, which are 90 degree angles, which are like the the signs in mutable and um, the same mode. So all cardinal signs are square each other. Um, all of the, the fixed signs um, are square each other. And you'd think that that would be compatible. And to a certain extent it really is, but it also creates friction. So for instance, if someone has a moon in Cancer and they're with someone who has a sun in Libra, that is a 90 degree angle, that is a square aspect, that's friction. But what does friction create? Heat. And heat and friction are passion. 
So there's a lot of different things to look at and it's fairly complex, but we'll go back to Venus. The main things that I look at when I'm looking at the astrology of love and desire in someone's chart, whether they want you, is Venus with Mars, Venus with the moon, Venus with the sun. Um, and so we talked a little bit about Venus. We talked a little bit about the moon. Now I want to talk about Mars. Mars is where and how you burn. So for instance, if you've got set your Mars on someone's Venus, say you have a Mars in Cancer, and that's right on someone's Venus in Cancer, okay? And when I say right on, when I say, uh, I usually mean a conjunction, which is about nine degrees between the two. But in general, if you're expressing yourself with a Mars in Cancer, and you're with a lover who has a Venus in Cancer, there is going to be some serious sparks, okay? Because Mars is how you burn. And if you're burning for something in the style in which you burn and kind of like what you want, and if someone's Mars is on top of, you know, your sun, your Venus, even your moon or your, or your ascendant, they're burning for you. And most people want that in a relationship. They want that friction. They want that energy. So looking at Mars is very important. Also, as I mentioned with Venus, by, um, by mode, by element, you want to look at that and find out like, where do I burn and what style do I burn? You know, Mars always needs a mission. Mars needs action. So Mars is always going to want to take action. So if you're looking at an astrology chart and you're trying to look at compatibility, you definitely want to look at Mars because Mars can create friction, especially when it's like, say, conjunct someone's moon. Someone's needs are crying out. The moon, remember it's moon, is very instinctual neediness. And someone's Mars is there. They can either jump up in a mission to kind of fulfill someone's needs or they can jump up on a mission to stomp on them but regardless there's going to be action there so a lot of awareness is necessary um so mars is the hot and spicy super energy venus is the relatedness okay so venus is always going to create sensuous experiences and mars is always going to want to take action mars always wants to jump leap burn what have you and the sign that it's in is the style okay so Venus opens herself like a beautiful flower, you know, and Mars is like the bee that comes in or the, the butterfly um, that wants to pollinate that flower. So those are like some of the main things that we look at. And what's also like really important with love in general. And, you know, I don't want to talk like this isn't really about... I don't want to make this about like compatibility because then we're going to like talking about a lot of different things like, um, you know, our, our Mercury, which is really important. How we are intellectually communicating. This is really about like the feeling of love. So the higher octave of Venus, the spiritual octave of Venus is Neptune. And the planet Neptune is that dreamy connectivity, that spiritual love, that immediate I feel like we had a past life. I feel like we are, you know, people that 
are meant to be, that like this is the perfect person. It represents how we idealize. So if someone's got their Neptune on your sun, ascendant, moon, even your Venus or Mars, they're going to idolize you. So there's an idea of ideal idealization with with Neptune that you have found the ideal mate and so looking at a love compatibility or romantic compatibility we'd always want to look at Neptune as well and to find out is this a spiritual love what is the level of the spiritual love um, another thing to look at too which is really fun are the love asteroids which and there are many but um I would also say that, you know, in looking at attraction specifically, you know, we want to look at the asteroids Cupido or Eros, um, especially Eros being, um, which by the way is asteroid number 433. So if you did want to add it into your astrological chart, you can just add it in manually if you know the asteroid number from any program that you have. Um, sometimes you can look them up. An alphabetical order. But Eros is kind of like um, erotic desire. So Eros represents the attraction and falling part of falling in love. Those exchanges that leave us with like butterflies, um, where we feel passionate, romantic attachment, sexual, erotic. Um, and Eros can show up in an area of the chart that turns us on too, you know, not just, um, you know, it's not just like a person, but like different, an, a different area of life that really turns us on. So where you find Eros in your chart, there's that. But if you have your Eros on someone's, any of anyone's personal planet, or they have a personal planet on your Eros, you're going to find somebody that is, um, that there's, there's a turn on there. There's a real strong turn on. I also find the plant, um, the asteroid Juno at, is activated in anyone's chart, either by transit or progression or in synastry, which is where you are looking at a chart comparison with another person's chart. I find it always activated when someone's getting ready to couple in general. Okay. Not just a one night stand, not just the amazing, incredible encounter with the spiritual love that you're not going to be with, isn't it ironic? But a real, a real relationship coming up, you'll find that a lot. And kind of similar to Neptune is the transit psyche, which is like soul growth. Because a lot of our relationships are not just about attraction. They're a lot about learning lessons because for most of us the biggest lessons that we learn about ourselves, our place in the cosmos is through the transformation that comes and growth that comes through loss because no matter what when we couple we we're always we're always leaving something behind and losing something it could even be innocence naivete a sense of ourself as an autonomous person um, whenever we love, whenever we connect deeply with someone, there's a really interesting sense of transformation and loss. Um, I think that in French, I can't remember what the word is, but 
you know, even the word for orgasm means little death. Somebody probably knows with that. But um, Psyche, as an asteroid, looking at it in your chart, you can find a place where you really connect with your soul, with somebody else. So a lot of times, like, when you're looking at soul growth, you know, and you're looking at, you know, connecting with someone deeply, you are looking at doing so um, through almost kind of having to be vulnerable, as I mentioned earlier, with that whole Venus, you know, to really activate your Venus means to be vulnerable, to open yourself. So that's a real key, looking at your Venus by sign, by house placement, by aspect. What is it saying to you? Okay, what does it say? So think about the 12 signs of the zodiac. And maybe I'll just briefly go through that for you so that you can um, get an idea. Because I found that to be true in general with all aspects of sensuality, and that includes both receiving and giving love, that Venus is extremely important. And I just also want to mention that once a year, um, sometime around your birthday, probably within, you know, three weeks or so, three weeks to a month of your birthday, you will have a Venus return every year where Venus comes back to the same degree and the sign that you were born in. And it gives you like that extra perk, that extra feeling of glamour and um, sparkle that makes you just more desirable and more desired. So Venus through the signs just briefly. So Venus in Aries is going to be a a, a martial Venus. So a Venus that wants to fight for their love, that has to have a mission. Um, In the chart of my aunt and uncle who have been together for like 35 years married, they, it was so interesting when I looked at that chart comparison because I was like, oh, you know, I honestly didn't look at it before, but they are the longest married couple that I've ever known. And they're very, very married and they're still fiery after 35 years of marriage. And there's a strong Aries connection. Firstly, they both have Venus and Aries. And um, my uncle has Venus and Mars in Aries. And... um, his Mars is exactly, it's connected to her Neptune and his Mars is connected to her North Node in Aries, but basically they're fiery. They're jealous of each other. Okay. All the time. He's, my uncle's in a band and my aunt like cannot stand it. She's constantly complaining about it because all these girls are like supposedly picking up on him. And I'm like, you guys are like old. (laughs) Nobody's picking up on you. But it's hilarious. She really does think that he is like the hottest guy in the world. And they fight all the time, but the passion is so strong. So Venus and Aries is going to be passionate. They're going to want to fight for you. They're going to want to be fought for. Um, You know, so if you've got Venus and Aries, you know that that's true. Okay. And you're going to want someone that can fight for you. So look for a Mars in Aries. Even look for a moon in Aries or a sun in Aries or Aries ascendant be very fulfilling for your Venus. Um, You can also alternately look for other fire signs. I really think that 
fire signs do very well with each other and then also look for your opposition so libra would also be good um too um so a venus and taurus venus is in its home sign of taurus venus is the ruler of taurus as well as libra and it is in its morning star so venus and taurus people are especially gorgeously um sensual and um you know very often very beautiful too so venus and taurus really no matter what wants and needs a sensual relationship touch beautiful fabrics food you name it you know it's almost kind of like the um oh my god what was that movie where the guy was like um blindfolding the woman and feeding her strawberries you know a little s and i can't believe it nine and a half weeks okay so it's kind of like nine and a half weeks but a venus and taurus is going to love slow make slow love making and really like to take their time so no matter what venus and taurus needs that sensuality okay unlike venus and aries who really is like wants the spark um venus and taurus is about harmony and peace and and sensuality and a good connection with venus and taurus would obviously be a mars and taurus moon sun or ascendant as well as a scorpio their opposition makes them feel very loved even though scorpios are very difficult they're sexy as f and um also other earth signs too do very well with Taurus because they know how to give them a massage they know how to touch them and fuck them and all of that um (laughs) Venus and Gemini is uh is the intellectual they want to talk they're interested in playing games they want to get dressed up I have a girlfriend who probably is going to listen to this who is a Gemini and she would always her boyfriend now husband he loved her to dress up like some euro trash you know hot and sexy bimbo and she's like i'll do it for him you know and she would she would get all dressed up and they play all these games and have a blast venus and gemini does like that they're easily distracted and they like a lot of variety so venus and gemini might like to travel they like um you know to talk they like a variety of experiences so if you want to keep a venus and gemini person my partner has venus and gemini um but he'll never listen to this because it's like way too long for him see there you go if you want to keep him happy or her happy you're really going to need to create a variety of experiences and make things light venus and gemini likes to be touched very lightly stroked along the inside and outside of their thighs Um, A good compatibility with a Venus in Gemini is obviously a Mars in Gemini, moon, sun, rising, but also the air signs, you know, they really do need someone that can keep it light and keep it airy and keep it moving. Venus in Cancer, it's all about home and family and security with a Venus in Cancer person. They're very sweet. They want to stay home. They want to have babies with you even if they're fur babies um you know it's uh you know it's a home loving and security and procreative venus i guess so um you know what's again what's compatible for them same thing mars moon rising ascendant in, in um 
you know, in Cancer. Also, the Scorpio would be really good, um, you know, for that's a trine aspect. So if you've got Mars, like Venus in, in Cancer, a Mars and Scorpio would be okay too, as long as you're nice Mars and Scorpio. Um, but Mars does very well in Scorpio, actually. It's the traditional ruler of Scorpio. Uh, Venus in Cancer is sweet. Venus in Cancer wants sweetness. They might even want you to cook for them, you know, and to rub their back and to just cuddle in bed while you watch your favorite TV show. But um, Venus in Cancer needs to know that you are there for the long haul, okay, that you are deep in love. And so if you have Venus in Cancer, you can honor that too with, you know, really creating security in your life and relationships. Venus in Leo, uh, my mother has Venus in Leo. Venus and Leo wants attention. Venus and Leo wants specialness. My mom always told me that like the very best thing that my dad ever did was that he took her out on extravagant dates, that he was an incredible date. He was like James Bond, you know, and they would go to the most incredible restaurants and he had a flashy sports car. And I thought that was so interesting. And then, of course, as I learned, you know, astrology, I realized like, yeah, he fulfilled 100% her Venus. He was very flashy and splashy. He happened to have a moon in Sagittarius. And so he did present, present himself as a man of the world. And she liked that. But my mother liked and always still and still does likes flashy presents, attention, splashy gifts, things like that. And so a Venus and Leo wants to be admired and given attention to. So treated like a queen, treated like the queen or king um, that that they feel that they are. So other fire signs inspire them, give them the spark that they want. Obviously, if you've got Venus and Leo, someone with a Mars, ascendant, sun, moon and Leo would be able to sort of really spark you, but also other fire signs like Aries and Sag. Sag a little more than Aries because Aries and Leo can sort of fight over attention because Aries is like very much about like me, me, me. And Leo's kind of like about me, me, me too, but they don't do well with other people being selfish. <laughs> they can be very generous, Leos, but I find that they're easier with Sag. Um, and also, you know, sometimes Leo and its opposition Aquarius can get along well, but I find that that also to be a little difficult personally. But a Venus and Leo needs attention. So if you have it yourself or you know someone with a Venus and Leo, give them attention. Make them feel like the royalty that they believe that they are. Um, a Venus and Virgo can be a little difficult because Venus and Virgo expresses their love style through service. And sometimes also Venus and Virgo can be self-denying, you know, um, they can go periods of time without lovers and relationships because they can be a bit critical and fault finding. Now, if a Venus and Virgo person loves you, then you're lucky because they're quite choosy and, um, you are the lucky one. But a Venus and Virgo wants someone that is pure, that is natural, that is simple. Uh, and so obviously a Mars and Virgo person, moon, sun, rising, etc., would be good. But also Venus and Virgo does well with um, other earth signs, sometimes even cancer, because cancers can be quite natural too. Uh, you know, um, 
things like that. But Venus and Virgo can sort of self-deny a little bit. So if you have a Venus and Virgo, work on cultivating your sensuality. Get out in nature and take a, you know, a, a hint from Venus and Taurus. So Venus in Libra is like Taurus. Venus in Libra is the Venus, you know, ruled sign. Uh, Libra can be, it can be very fair. A Venus in Libra can, person can be very refined. It takes all that sensuality and stuff, but refines it. So it's kind of like, again, like a little bit of a, a different level of Venus. More concerned with graciousness, beauty, harmony, and flow than Venus and Taurus. They are interested in beautiful environments that are quite refined. So a Venus and Libra person can be a little bit idealistic also with love. I found several Venus, I know Venus and Libra people that basically can't really get together with other people because they're so damn choosy. They're always looking for the ideal. So Venus and Libra people are obviously going to be attracted to the ideal. Maybe it is the Mars and Libra, um, the, you know, who creates their active, passionate style in the guise of beauty, harmony, and flow, the Libra rising, the Libra sun, or even moon, but it's also people that are beautiful and harmonious. It could be, you know, other other Libra uh, or Venus ruled signs like Taurus. Libra gets along nicely, also with other air signs. Um, a Venus in Libra, no matter what, wants someone who is put together, who is beautiful, harmonious, and flowing gracious, etc. Venus and Scorpio is deep. They want someone who is as deep as they are, who can get down to the truth of who they are, who is able to handle their power, who is able to both be powerful and powerless. So there's definitely hot and sexy, like, you know, fatale, femme fatale aspects of Venus in Scorpio. So if you have Venus in Scorpio, kudos to you. You're probably super hot and sexy, even if you don't think you are. I mean, actually, like my older son has Venus in Scorpio and, you know, he hasn't had a lot of relationships, but I know that once he does that he's probably going to be, you know, quite the, you know, the dude. So I try and remind him of it, but he doesn't want to hear anything from his mother. Ew, gross. Venus and Scorpio is hot. What you want is someone who burns as hot as you, okay? So you're going to want a Mars and Scorpio because they'll keep up with you. Sun, rising, that kind of thing. But, you know, you can also handle the Tauruses. That's your opposition, but they're just, they've got just as much staying power. Um, honestly, a Mars and Leo would be hot too. A Venus-Mars square is sexy. Remember, friction, passion. We do need a little bit of that in a relationship, don't we? Um, Venus in Sagittarius, free, fun-loving, um, does very well in an open relationship. <laughs> I know that a lot of people have those things nowadays, but is also like really attracted to people from other cultures, to people that are like spiritually open and, um, Venus and Sagittarius does well with all the other fire signs. They can do well with their opposition Gemini too, because they want to create experiences that are like vitalizing for both people. Um, you know, it's a fun Venus, you know, it's a good time Venus. They're good time. So Mar again, same Mars, Sun, 
you know, Sagittarius moon in Sag. Venus and Capricorn is the connoisseur, okay? They're very practical about their relationships, but they also will hold out for someone of quality. They're always looking for quality. Now, I have a Venus and Capricorn, and I think that um, I definitely have not settled for for quality my whole life, but I definitely looked at someone who was suitable for the kind of partner I wanted at any given time in my life. So if I wanted a relationship, I looked to people that were a lot of times older than me. Now, a Venus and Capricorn can have the May-December romances on both sides, which I for sure did. I was going out with people 10 to 12 years older than me when I was young and then ended up marrying someone who was that much younger. So they're looking at that. It's not even conscious. Um, there is definitely like with Venus and Scorpio, a power trip there, but because it's also an earth sign, they need a sensual environment. So they're frosty, but also super duper sensual and sexual. And they need, need lots of love and kisses and massage and hot stuff. Um, they do well again with other, um, you know, earth signs like Mars and earth, they can do well with opposition. Like my partner has my, has his Mars in opposing mine. And then his Venus is trying my Mars. So we have a lot. So the opposition and the square can be good because again, it creates friction. There's a dynamic element there. And also the opposition in astrology is the yin to the yang. He's the yang to my yin and vice versa. So that's good. Um, a Venus and Aquarius can be kind of similar to Venus and Virgo. It's a little challenging, but a Venus and Aquarius, like my, my BFF has Venus and Aquarius. She's like the most open person ever. She's attracted to all the crazy, cool rebel, um, you know, punk rock, rebellious, different types of people. That's what turns her on. And she's also been with everybody of every, you can imagine. Okay. We, I like, my other girlfriend calls it the we are the world Venus. Um, every culture, every race, every sex, like everything, like she's had it all. <laughs> so Venus and Aquarius can be very much like that. That's the more Uranian side of Aquarius. But it can also be the traditional ruler of Aquarius with Saturn. It can also be conservative too, but no matter what, there's an openness with Aquarius and all air signs. That's sexy. So um, Aquarius, Venus Aquarius likes anybody and everybody potentially, you know, um, they're interested in having these experiences. So, you know, other air signs are good. You know, the Leo's good, um, for them. So, but I think I like it all. And Venus and Pisces, Venus is exalted in Pisces. Venus and Pisces also kind of in an interesting way, similar to Venus and Aquarius is a lover of all, uh, Venus and Pisces can be slutty. And please don't take this the wrong way, but you love everybody. And um, that's kind of hot too. But other water signs, um, Venus and Pisces can really dig on like, um, you know, a Mars and Scorpio or Mars and Cancer or Mars and Pisces. Um, obviously, you know, the Pisces sun, ascendant or moon, uh, but almost anything too, because they really have the capacity for love but a Venus in Pisces is also like very very open to kind of like a Venus in Sag and not saying that they 
are non-monogamous, but let's just say that they see the love in everybody. So <laughs> beware. Um, but um, they are super loving. And, you know, you can take these archetypes that I've kind of like given to you or these some of these descriptions of the signs through Venus and add them into some of the descriptions that I talked about for, say, you know, Psyche or Juno or Eros and, you know, knowing, you know, kind of how the archetypes work. Um, you can kind of get into all of that. And so I love talking about Venus and Mars and also talking through your Venus sign. You can amp up your own Venus sign by really getting into working on what turns you on. Think about it. Where's your Venus? I'd love to hear back from you and hear about like, where's your Venus? What turns you on? What are some Venus-Mars combinations that you think are hot that you've had in your life? Um, please leave me some comments or, or email me at michelle.prentice at gmail.com. And alternately, I have a reading that I can do for you that is all about your Venus, your love asteroids, what turns you on, um, and I find it to be extremely revealing. So think about that. And, you know, think about that right now with all this meat grinder. Hey, by the way, we're out of eclipse season for now. Phew! Into Leo. The Leo new moon's coming up. I will have a IGTV uh, for that next week. And I will also have the new moon report and I'll do some mantras by every single sign. You can read your sign or your ascendant and hopefully that'll be helpful to you. Thanks for listening. Again, I'd love to hear from you and let me know what you think. Have a very beautiful day filled with tons of Venusian love. <laughs>